ಸಹನಾವದು ಸಹನೋಭನಕ್ತು ಸಹವೀರ್ಯಂಕರವಹೈ ತೇಜಸ್ವಿನಾವಧೀತಮಸ್ತು ಮಾವಹೈ ಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಂಕರಂದ ನಮ ಶ್ರೀಶಂಕರಂದ ಗುರುಪಾದಾಂಬುಜನ್ಮನೆ ಗುರುಪಾದಾಂಬುಜನ್ಮನೆ ಸವಿಲಾಸಮಹಾಮೋಹ ಸವಿಲಾಸಮಹಾಮೋಹ ಗ್ರಾಹಗ್ರಾಸೈಕಕರ್ಮಣೆ ಗ್ರಾಹಗ್ರಾಸೈಕಕರ್ಮಣೆ ಸೆವೆನ್ ಸ್ಟೇಜಸ್ ಇನ್ ಕೇಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಜೀವ ಆರ್ ಡಿಸ್ಕ್ರೈಬ್ಡ್ ಫಸ್ಟ್ ವಾಸ್ ಇಗ್ನರೆನ್ಸ್ ಅಜ್ಞಾನಂ ಸೆಕೆಂಡ್ ಇಸ್ ವೇಲಿಂಗ್ ಆವರಣಂ ಥರ್ಡ್ ಇಸ್ ಪ್ರೊಜೆಕ್ಷನ್ ವಿಕ್ಷೇಪ ಫೋರ್ಸ್ ಇಸ್ ಪರೋಕ್ಷ ಜ್ಞಾನಂ ಇನ್ಡೈರೆಕ್ಟ್ ನಾಲೆಜ್ ಫಿಫ್ತ್ ಇಸ್ ಅಪರೋಕ್ಷ ಜ್ಞಾನಂ ಇಮಿಡಿಯೇಟ್ ಡೈರೆಕ್ಟ್ ನಾಲೆಜ್ ಸಿಕ್ಸ್ತ್ ಇಸ್ ಶೋಕಾಪಗಮ ಎಲಿಮಿನೇಷನ್ ಆಫ್ ಗ್ರೀಫ್ ಅಂಡ್ ಸೆವೆಂತ್ ಇಸ್ ತೃಪ್ತಿ ನಿರಂಕುಶ ತೃಪ್ತಿ ಅಟೈನ್ಮೆಂಟ್ ಆಫ್ ಫುಲ್ನೆಸ್ ಅಟೈನ್ ಆಫ್ ಟೋಟಲ್ ಕಂಟೆಂಟ್ಮೆಂಟ್ these seven states were described and some questions were asked uh, do these states belong to jiva the individual ego or do they belong to brahman the answer was given since brahman is free from modification it is changeless state means change first state second state third state that means change otherwise there cannot be states in something that is changeless and so brahman being changeless cannot have any states and therefore these states must belong only to jiva to the ego then the question was asked but ego itself is what we call vikshepa projection of the third state first state is ignorance second is veiling i do not see i do not know and third is i take myself to be karta bhokta doer enjoyer so what we call projection meaning superimposing the doership enjoyership upon the self which is a sense of individuality or ego is a third stage and so this ego is not even born in the earlier two stages so it is all right to say that subsequent stages belong to the ego but how do you say that even the first two stages belong to the ego then we say that even before the ego is born in the manifest form it is present in unmanifest state in the form of samskaras or impressions meaning that effect is accepted to be present in the cause in an unmanifest state otherwise effect cannot come out and effect cannot be produced unless it is potentially present in a cause unless the ornaments are potentially there in the gold there is no way that you can make ornaments from gold for example you cannot bake bread out of sand for example because that bread is not potentially present in sand you can bake bread out of flour wheat because it is potentially present and so also the fact that even in the third state that ego the sense of individuality arises that shows that it must be present in a potential form in the earlier states and therefore we can say that even the earlier states also belong to the ego <coughs> then said 
that Brahman is known to be there, uh, how do we introduce the potential state and claim that the earlier two states also belong to ego? He says Brahman is always there, before and after also. So, just because Brahman is there, therefore you want to say that the earlier two states, are, they belong to Brahman, then you need to say that even subsequent five states also belong to Brahman, and so that, that will make Brahman subject to modification, which is not the case, and therefore we accept that all the seven states, beginning from ignorance, right up to enlightenment, all of them belong to the jiva, the ego, the individual, meaning the ego is ignorant. Ego alone has misconceptions about the self. He alone has the knowledge. He alone gets enlightened. He alone becomes free. <coughs> Still this question and answer is continued for a while. In the introduction of the verse 41 it is said, Nanu brahmani aurupitattva avisheshepi vikshepotpatti uttarkal bhavini nam samsaritvadiyavasthanam Jiva Sritatvena Anubhuyamanatvat Na Brahma Vasthatvam Idishankade. Did you get some copies? Okay, so on the page 201, we are at the, the last verse. Question is Nanu Brahmani Arobitatva Avisheshevi Vikshepotpatti Uttarkal Bhavini Nam Samsaritvadi Vasthanam Jiva Sitratvena Anubhuyamanatvat Anubhuyamanatvat this is okay. Nanu, the question is, Brahmani Aropitattu Avisheshepi. We accept that all the seven states, beginning from ignorance right up to the enlightenment, all of them are superimposed upon Brahman because that is ultimately the substratum of everything. So, it is accepted that all the seven states are nothing but superimpositions upon Brahman. Vikshepotpatti Uttarkal Bhavini Nam Samsaritvadivasthanam However, we experience the jiva, the individual ego, experiences that I am karta, I am the doer, I am enjoyer. He experiences that. He also experiences what we call parokshagnanam, that Brahma is. Then he also gains what we call aparokshagnanam, I am Brahman. Then he becomes free from the grief and he attains that contentment. So all of these we know as experience of jiva or the individual. <coughs> and therefore, na brahma avasthatva Therefore, since these five states are experienced by jiva, therefore we say that they should only be accounted to jiva or the ego and not to brahma. And the earlier two states must be accounted to brahma. This is the idea of the purupakshi. <coughs> and this shanka or doubt is expressed in the verse 41. <coughs> Samsaryaham vibuddhoham, Samsaryaham vibuddhoham, Nishokastushta ityavi, Nishokastushta ityavi, Jeevaga uttara vasthaha, Jeevaga uttara vasthaha, Bhantina brahmagayadi, Bhantina brahmagayadi. Samsaryaham Vibuddhoham, Nishukaham, Pushtaham, Ittyabhi, Jeevagaha, Uttaravastaha, Bhanti, Nabrahmagaha. So these Uttaravastaha, the subsequent states, Samsariham, I am Samsari, meaning I am 
I am an individual, I am karta, bhokta, doer, enjoyer, happy and heavy. This is experienced by jiva. Vibuddhoham, I am wise, I am enlightened. This also is knowledge which is in the ego. Nishchokaha, I am free from all the shoka or the grief. This also is the experience of the ego. And tushtaha, I am totally content. This also is an experience of the ego. Idhyapi jivagaha uttaravastaha. We find that these four states, uttaravastaha, these four following states, jivagaha, these belong to jiva, these belong, these belong to the individual. This is our experience. Jivagaha bhanti na brahmagaha. Brahman doesn't say I am enlightened. Brahman doesn't say I am, I am samsari. Brahman meaning the limitless. Doesn't, who says I am a samsari? Or I am ignorant. I mean, I am, I am a karta, bhokta, jiva, individual, happy and happy, enlightened, ignorant. Who says that? The ego says. Brahman doesn't say. Therefore, it is our experience that all these states, they, they are experienced by the jiva, and certainly Brahman would not claim itself to be a samsari. And therefore, we say that these states only belong to jiva and not to Brahman. <coughs> you said that all the states would ultimately be superimposed upon Brahman. So even that, even then, it is our experience that these four states are experienced by the jiva, the individual. Yadi, if this is your question, <coughs> says the Tikagara, samsari meaning kartratvade dharmavan, ayama karta bhokta, vivuddha tattvasakshatkaravan, that I am wise, tattvasakshatkaravan, one who has realized or one who immediately knows tattva, the truth. So, I am the knower of the truth. Nishokaha shokarahitaha, I am free from grief. Tushtaha vakshimana kratakratyatvadi janita santoshavan. Who is tushtaha? One who is santoshavan, one who is, who is, who is content. By this feeling, kratakratyoham, I have done all that is to be done. I have achieved all that is to be achieved. One who has this sense, one who has this experience, one who has this uh, feeling that I have done all that is to be done or I have attained all that is to be attained. That is called tushtah, that is the one who is totally content. Ahamasmi, I am all the iti uttaravastaha jivagaha jivashritaha bhanti. It is our experience that all the states are, they belong to jiva. Na brahmashritaha ityartaha. This is our experience. Na anuvasiddhasya apalapaha kartavya. The one rule is, what you directly experience should not be denied. You should not present logic which denies your direct experience, you know. That I am sitting here on the dais and you can apply some kind of logic and prove that you are not sitting on a dais, you are in the space. And logicians being what they are, they can prove all kinds of things. So they can prove somehow that you are in the air, Swami, you are not on the dais. Suppose you prove that by logic, then also that is not to be accepted because what is a matter of direct experience or perception should not be denied in by refuge of some kind of reasoning. And therefore, he, the Puru Pakshi says, it is our experience that all these four states belong to the jiva, and they are not to Brahman, and therefore we have to say that earlier states belong to Brahman. This is the idea. <coughs> and then the author replies here, evam tarhi ajnana avaranayohopi jiva shritatvena anubhuvimanatvat jiva avasthatvamevaiti parihardi Evam tarhi, in that case, 
Agnana Avarana Yoho Api. Even the first two states called Agnana and Avarana, meaning ignorance and unveiling. Jiva Shritatvena Anubhuvimanatvat. We say that even the earlier two states are also Anubhuvimanatvat, experienced by Jiva, the individual. Jiva Avasthatvameva. And therefore, of those two avasthas also, we should say they also are located, they also have the locus in Jiva alone. Idi Pariharati. Thus, the reply is given here in the 42nd verse. Tarhyagnyoham brahmasattva Tarhyagnyoham brahmasattva Bhane madrashtito nahi Bhane madrashtito nahi Idipurve avasthe cha Idipurve avasthe cha Bhasete jivage khalu so if you say that those subsequent four states are experienced by the jiva or the ego and therefore they belong to jiva, we say that even the first two states are also experienced by the jiva and therefore they should also be accepted as only located in jiva. Tarhi agnyoham. Don't we say I am ignorant? I say I am ignorant. I don't know myself. I don't know Brahman. That shows that ignorance also is a matter of my experience. Brahma Sattvahane Madhrashtito Nahi Madhrashtita Mama Anuhavena And also I say, I don't see Brahman. I don't experience Brahman. I, I, Brahman is not there. Who says, I alone say, Brahman doesn't say that I don't see Brahman. Brahman doesn't say I am ignorant also. Who says I am ignorant? The Jiva alone says, ego says, individual says. And he alone says, I don't see Brahman anywhere. I don't say, I say Brahman is not. And therefore, Brahma Sattva Bhane. Sattva means existence of Brahman. Bhana meaning the manifestation or, or, or knowledge of Brahman. Madhrashtito nahi. I do not experience Brahman, nor do I say Brahman is. Idi purve avasthecha. Even these two earlier states also. Bhasete jivage khalu. So, jiva gaming or residing in jiva. <coughs> so, bhasete, even these two earlier states also shine in jiva alone. <coughs> in short, the author has proved here that beginning from ignorance right up to enlightenment, all of these are states only of the ego or the jiva, the individual. Brahman ever remains changeless. <coughs> you know why all this discussion is carried out? Because... There is a reference of an earlier important text where that author says that ignorance has its locus in Brahman. Here this text says ignorance has its locus in Jiva. While that text says ignorance has its locus in Brahman. And therefore you have to resolve this conflict. We don't want to say that what the earlier teacher has said is wrong, nor do we say that what we are saying is wrong. Then we have to present both the standpoints. From which standpoint did the earlier teacher say that ignorance has its locus or ignorance has its ashraya in Brahman, whereas you are saying that ignorance has its ashraya in Jiva. Nanu tarhi, tarhi means avasthanam jiva sati. If you say that all the avasthas, all the states are, have their ashraya meaning locus in jiva. Agnana ashrayatvam brahmanah purvacharyehi kasamuktam. 
ननु तरह अज्ञान आश्रयत्व ब्रह्मण पूर्वाचार्य ही कथम उत्तम पूर्वाचार्य ही बाद अर्लियर टीचर्स हाउ कम द अर्लियर टीचर्स सेट अज्ञान आश्रयत्व ब्रह्मण दट ब्रह्मण इज आश्रय और द लोकस अज्ञान विज्ञान वाई दिट सेट इशंक्य तद विवक्षा दर्शयती द नेक्स्ट इन द नेक्स्ट वर्ष दिस क्वेश्चन इज रेस्ड दिस डाउट इज रेस्ड That the earlier teacher, like there is a text called Sankshepa Sharirka, and there there is a verse. This this also a, the kind of discussions take place in Vedanta. Where is where is the locus of ignorance? Where does ignorance have its locus? Does the ignorance have its locus in Jiva, the individual, the ego? Then the question is: the ego is not even there, and ignorance is. ignorance is even in the state of dissolution even in the state of deep sleep when ego is not at arisen so that which is present or which exists even before the birth of ego how can ego be the ashraya or the locus of that which exists even before its birth as we said in deep sleep there is total ignorance at that time ego the sense of individuality is not there and therefore how can you say that ignorance has its locus in ego we have to say that ignorance has its locus only in brahman or the self so from that standpoint we accept that yes ignorance has its locus in brahman but there is another acharya also has said uh, ignorance has locus in jiva there is sureshwara acharya how does he say because it is my experience that i am ignorant and since based on my experience that i am ignorant we say that that limited individual is ignorant or is agnana ashraya or the locus of ignorance in as much as theoretically jiva is not born and the ignorance is there therefore we say that brahman is the locus of ignorance says sankshepa sharirika ashrayatva vishayatva bhagini nirvikara chitireva kevala निर्विकार चितिही चितिही मीन्स कॉन्शियसनेस निर्विकार मीन्स देर विज इज फ्री फ्रॉम विकार और मॉडिफिकेशन सो कॉन्शियसनेस और अवेयरनेस देर इज फ्री फ्रॉम एनी मॉडिफिकेशन चेंजनेस विच इज अल्फ विच इज ब्रह्मन केवल दैट अलोन इज आश्रयत्व विषयत्व भागिनी दैट चिति मीनिंग द अवेयरनेस द सेल्फ अलोन इज अज्ञान आश्रय इज वेर द अज्ञान just as there is in fact a piece of rope and i see the snake then there is what we call rope ignorance it is ignorance of the rope which is a cause for the projection of snake and therefore rope ha- ignorance says its locus on rope it is rope based ignorance and similarly also ignorance here has its locus in the self so self for atma is agnyan ashraya as well as vishaya ignorance is because self is at the same time ignorance of the self i would not be ignorant unless i were there to begin with and i am ignorant of myself you see interesting thing is ignorance is because i am the consciousness is the self is and therefore self becomes the ashray or the the support of the ignorance the locus of ignorance at the same time ignorance says its vishaya or the object of ignorance also is i i am ignorant of myself in as much as i am ignorant therefore i am the locus of ignorance 
in as much as I am ignorant of myself, therefore I am object of ignorance also. You see, in the ordinary case, when I say, I am ignorant of Chinese language, then I am ignorant and therefore I am the locus of ignorance. And I am ignorant of Chinese language, so Chinese language becomes the object of ignorance. You see, normally locus of ignorance and object of ignorance are different. When I say I am ignorant of Chinese language, I am the ashraya. That's where the ignorance has its abode in me. And I am ignorant of Chinese language, therefore the object of ignorance, vishaya of ignorance is Chinese language. However, in this case I say, I don't know myself. I am ignorant of the self. Meaning that I become the locus of ignorance as well as the object of ignorance. Locus in Sanskrit is called Ashraya and object is called Vishaya. So Atma is Agnana Ashraya as well as Agnana Vishaya. Which Atma? The changeless consciousness that alone becomes the object as well as the abode of ignorance. Why is it so? Purva Siddhatama Sohi Paschima Nashrayo Bhavati Nati Gocharaha There, that teacher argues that ignorance which is present even before the projection of jiva or the individual, that ignorance which is present even before the projection of ego cannot become, the uh, ego cannot become the ashraya of the ignorance which exists even before that. And therefore, ego cannot become the ashraya. Nor it becomes a vishaya. Only atma is a vishaya. <coughs> so from that standpoint it is said that brahman or awareness is the ashraya and vishaya of agnyam. However, inasmuch as we experience that I am ignorant, therefore we say that I, the limited individual, is the ashraya of ignorance and brahman becomes the vishaya of ignorance. Says, this is what is said in the verse 43, when you discuss Vedanta, you discuss all these things also, you know. I mean, uh, sometimes you feel that what is the practical use of all this kind of discussion. But there is. Only when you really deeply contemplate upon this, then these questions also will bother you. Ordinarily they may not bother you, but then these questions also at some point in time can bother you, and therefore they are all covered here. The purpose of texts such as Panchadashi is to clarify all possible doubts that can arise. Now, earlier teachers have already written number of works, like there is what we call Brahma Sutra, the aphorisms of Madharayana. And Shankaracharya has written a Bhashya on Brahma Sutra. And there number of doubts have been raised and answered. And still, in spite of such a extensive work, it is not possible that all possible doubts can be answered. Because subsequent doubts arise later on. And then teachers such as Vidyaranya, in works such as Panchadashi, they take up all other possible doubts that can arise or that may have been raised by the students and they answer them. And so these doubts have arisen for which there was no scope of discussion perhaps in Brahma Sutra and that is being, these are being discussed here. Or perhaps that discussion may have left certain questions which are being resolved here. <coughs> so the verse 43 says, Ajnanasya Shrayo Brahma Ajnanasyashrayo Brahma Ityadishthanataya Jaguhu Ityadishthanataya Jaguhu Jeeva Vasthatvam Ajnana Jeeva Vasthatvam Ajnana Abhimanitvadavadisham Abhimanitvadavadisham 
ಅಜ್ಞಾನಸ್ಯ ಆಶ್ರಯ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮ ಇದು ಅಧಿಷ್ಠಾನತ ಜಗುಹು ಇಟ್ ಇಸ್ ಟ್ರೂ ದಟ್ ದಿ ಅರ್ಲಿಯರ್ ಟೀಚರ್ಸ್ ಹವ್ ಸೈಡ್ ದಟ್ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮನ್ ಈಸ್ ಅಜ್ಞಾನಸ್ಯ ಆಶ್ರಯ ಅಧಿಷ್ಠಾನತ ಸಿನ್ಸ್ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮನ್ ಈಸ್ ಅ ವೆರಿ ಅಧಿಷ್ಠಾನ ವೆರಿ ಸಬ್ಸ್ಟ್ರೇಟಮ್ ಆಫ್ ಎವ್ರಿಥಿಂಗ್ ದಟ್ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮನ್ ಈಸ್ ದಿ ಆಶ್ರಯ ಲೋಕಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಇಗ್ನರೆನ್ಸ್ ಇದು ಜಗುಹು ದಿಸ್ ಇಸ್ ವಾಟ್ ದಿ ಅರ್ಲಿಯರ್ ಟೀಚರ್ಸ್ ಹವ್ ಸೈಡ್ ಸೇಸ್ ಟೀಕಾಕಾರ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮಣ ಅಜ್ಞಾನ ಅಧಿಷ್ಠಾನತ್ವ ವಿವಕ್ಷಯ ತದಾಶ್ರಯತ್ವ ಉಕ್ತಮಿತ್ಯರ್ಥ ಸಿನ್ಸ್ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮನ್ ಈಸ್ ದಿ ಅಧಿಷ್ಠಾನ ಸಬ್ಸ್ಟೈಟಮ್ ಆಫ್ ಇಗ್ನರೆನ್ಸ್ ದರ್ಫರ್ ಸಂಕ್ಷೇಪ ಶಾರೀರಿಕ ಸೈಡ್ ದಟ್ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮನ್ ಈಸ್ ತದಾಶ್ರಯಂ ಮೀನ್ ಅಜ್ಞಾನ ಆಶ್ರಯಂ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮನ್ ಅಲೋನ್ ಈಸ್ ಆಶ್ರಯ ಲೋಕಸ್ ವಿಗ್ನರೆನ್ಸ್ ಸೋ ಇಟ್ ಇಸ್ ಸೈಡ್ ಬೈ ದಮ್ ಭವದ್ಭೀತರ್ಹಿ ಕಂ ವಿವಕ್ಷಯ ಜೀವಾವಸ್ಥಾತ್ಮಕ If the earlier teachers have said that Brahman is the ashraya of Ajnanam, then why do you say that Jeeva or the ego is the ashraya of Ajnanam? Iti ashankya svavivaksham darshayadi, then the author here shows what is our intention in saying that ignorance also pertains to, is also in, in the ego. So when you discussed all these seven avastas and said that they all belong to Jeeva, what is your intention? what is it that you seek to convey jeevavasthatvam agnyana abhimanitvat avadisham agnyana abhimanitvat on account of agnyana abhimanim on account of the notion on my part that i am ignorant aham agnyasmi idhi jeevasya agnyana abhimanino bhavati jeeva says individual says i am ignorant and therefore takes himself to be ignorant on account of identification with ignorance i take myself to be ignorant ignorant is the locus of ignorance you see knower is the locus of knowledge doer is the locus of doing eater is the locus of eating cook is locus of cooking driver is the locus of driving so also ignorant is the locus of ignorance and i say that i am ignorant therefore i that limited ego is experienced to be the locus of ignorance and from that standpoint we have said that the ignorance is has its locus in jiva atah agnyanasya jivavasthatvam iti bhavah and therefore agnyana is said to be an avastha of the jiva so jivavasthatvam agnyan agnyana abhimanitvat jivavasthatvam avadisham we said that ignorance has its ashraya in jiva because jiva says i am ignorant <coughs> Okay, this discussion is concluded here. Now, this was a discussion of Avasthatraya, the first three Avasthas. Ignorance, Veiling and Projection. These were Avasthas which are said to be Bandhakrutaha Tishraha. These three Avasthas are Bandhakrutaha meaning causing the bondage, cause of bondage. Now the author proceeds to discuss the subsequent four which are the cause of liberation. And Evam ಬಂಧಹೇತುಭೂತಂ ಅವಸ್ಥಾತ್ರಯಂ ಪ್ರದರ್ಶ ಇನ್ ದಿಸ್ ಮ್ಯಾನರ್ ಬಂಧಹೇತುಭೂತಂ ಅವಸ್ಥಾತ್ರಯಂ ಪ್ರದರ್ಶ ಹ್ಯಾವಿಂಗ್ ಡೆಮನ್ಸ್ಟ್ರೇಟೆಡ್ ದಿ ಅವಸ್ಥಾತ್ರಯಂ ದಿಸ್ ತ್ರೀ ಸ್ಟೇಟ್ಸ್ ವಿಚ್ ಆರ್ ದ ಕಾಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಬಾಂಡೇಜ್ ಒಡಿ ಅವಸ್ಥಾತ್ರಯಂ ಅಜ್ಞಾನ ಆವರಣ ವಿಕ್ಷೇಪ ರೂಪಂ ಇಗ್ನರೆನ್ಸ್ ವೇಲಿಂಗ್ ಅಂಡ್ ಪ್ರೊಜೆಕ್ಷನ್ ದಿಸ್ ತ್ರೀ ವೇ ಆಫ್ ದ ನೇಚರ್ ಆಫ್ ಇಗ್ನರೆನ್ಸ್ ಹ್ಯಾವಿಂಗ್ ಡೆಮನ್ಸ್ಟ್ರೇಟೆಡ್ ದಂ ಅವಶಿಷ್ಟಾಸು ಅವಸ್ಥಾಸು ಮಧ್ಯೆ now in the remaining four states which are to be discussed purokta agnana avarna vritti dwara mukta hetum avastha dvayam darshayati 
We said earlier that Agnana Avara Nivritti Dwara by Nivritti or elimination of ignorance and that veiling, what one gains, the, the, the liberation or is nothing but the knowledge. Knowledge is the direct means of liberation because bondage is nothing but ignorance. So Mukti Hetum Avasthadvayam, the two Avasthas, namely Parokshagnam and Parokshagnam or immediate knowledge and immediate knowledge. These are of the nature of or means for liberation. That is being shown in verse 44. <coughs> Jnanadvayena nashtesmin, Jnanadvayena nashtesmin, Agnani tatkrita vrutihi, Agnani tatkrita vrutihi, Nabhati nasti chetyesha, Nabhati nasti chetyesha, Dividha pivinashyadi, Dividha pivinashyadi. Jnanadvayena nashtesmin, Agnyane tatkrata avrutihi nabhati nasti chaitesha dvidhapi vinashyade. Jnana dvayena nashte smin agnyane. Asmin agnyane jnana dvayena nashte. When his ignorance is destroyed as a result of this twofold knowledge. Jnana dvayena meaning of the twofold knowledge. Parokshagnanam and aparokshagnanam. By this twofold knowledge when the ignorance is destroyed. Tatkrita avrutihi, by elimination of ignorance, the avranam or the veiling, which is a product of ignorance or agnyanam. What is it? Nabhati nasti chaitiesha dvidhapi vinashyati. This avranam, I don't see Brahman, and therefore I, I, I say Brahman is not. There's two kinds of avranam or veiling that also gets destroyed in the wake of the knowledge. <coughs> so in the wake of knowledge, when ignorance is destroyed, then the effect of ignorance, which is what we call veiling, that also gets destroyed. <coughs> Says the Tikagara, Parokshatva, Aparokshatva Lakshanena Jnana Dvayena Avarana Karane Agnyanena Stesati Tatkrita Avrutahi Tena Agnyanena Utpaditam Nabhatina Astiti Vyavahara Karanam Dvividham Apiyavaranam Karana Abhavad Nasyati Iti Parokshatva, aparokshatva, lakshayana, jnana dvayana. Jnana dvayana, by this twofold knowledge, characterized by parokshagnanam and aparokshagnanam, immediate and immediate knowledge. Avarana karane, agnyane, nastesati. By these two forms of knowledge, when ignorance, which is the cause of avaranam or veiling, when that ignorance gets destroyed, tatkrita avratahi, meaning, tena jnana utpadinam, this avaranam. The avaranam, which is the effect of the ignorance. What is it? Nabhasti, nasti. I don't see. And I don't see Brahman. I say there is no Brahman. It is Vyavahara Karanam. That which results into this kind of a expression on my part. I use this expression, Nabhati, nasti. It's, I don't see it. It is not there. What causes me to say this? What causes me to say, I don't see Brahman? And I say there is no Brahman, that is called Avaranam, veiling. And what is the result, what, what, what does it result from? From ignorance of Brahman. So this, Dvidham api Avaranam, Karana Abhavat Nashari, even this twofold Avaranam also, on account of destruction of the cause, that effect also gets destroyed. That's the only thing. In order to destroy the effect, 
we must destroy the cause. And the cause of this conclusion on my part, that I don't know Brahman, is ignorance of Brahman, and that should be destroyed. Then, kasyam shasya kena nivrutthihiti apekshayam uhayam vibhajya darshayati. You say that the knowledge is twofold, paroksham and aparoksham, mediate and immediate. Then, what does this paroksha jnanam do? What does the immediate knowledge do? And what does aparoksha jnanam, what does immediate knowledge do? So, what is the contribution of paroksha jnanam? And what is the contribution of aparoksha jnanam? That question is asked in the verse 45. Parokshagnyanato nasyed, Parokshagnyanato nasyed, Asatvavruti hetuta, Asatvavruti hetuta, Aparokshagnyan nasya, Aparokshagnyan nasya, Shabhana vruti hetuta, Shabhana vruti hetuta. Parokshagnyanatah nasyed, Asatvavruti hetuta. Asatva avruti, as you said, asatva padakam and abhana padakam avaranam. The veiling, veiling of Brahman or veiling of truth is of twofold. One is, Brahman is not. Another is, I do not know Brahman. So, parokshagnyanataha, by parokshagnyanam or the indirect knowledge or the immediate knowledge, asatva avruti hetuta nashet, my conclusion that Brahman is not, that conclusion is destroyed. Meaning, that conclusion on my part, which is false, false conclusion, that Brahman is not. That false conclusion is negated by what we call parokshanyanam or indirect knowledge. And my conclusion that I don't know Brahman. So to know that it is, is one thing, and to know it as a self is another thing. First I come to know Brahman is, God is. Second, I come to know that that is my very self. And that knowledge which is called aparokshagnana or immediate knowledge that eliminates even the conclusion, wrong conclusion on my part that I do not know Brahman. Says kutasthostiri evam rupat parokshagnanat agnyasya asatva avranakaranatum nivartade. Kutasthosti, kutasthasti, Brahman is or the self is. Limitless self is. When I come to know, as we said yesterday, through reasoning, that self cannot but be limitless. I cannot be limited. Because limited is body, mind, intellect, all of these are limited things. I cannot be that because they are the objects of my knowledge. That limitless is because I am searching for limitless, I am seeking limitless. And what I am seeking must be there. So limitless is, and the self is limitless. By reasoning, when I come to know, then at least so far I thought that the life has no purpose. That there is no meaning in life at all. Or that... I come to know, no, I am not limited, limitless I am. And that life has a purpose, and that that purpose is to gain this knowledge. Then at least... I, there is a tremendous relief on my part, a tremendous relief of from confusion, etc. And now the course of my life is set. That what I understand indirectly or intellectually is something that I have to know directly or immediately.
So real content or satisfaction will not come until I discover myself to be limitless. But the confusion that there was in my life, what for is this life and what am I doing, what am I here for? At least that confusion goes away, there is a clarity in my life that yes, I am here for this knowledge. Thus when one discerns the problem with that reasoning, at least all the earlier confusion goes away. And then the ground is set for the pursuit of immediate knowledge. So kūtasthastiti evam rūpāt parokṣa-jñānāt ajñānasya asatva āvanakāratvam nivartate. So that aspect that Brahman is not, that is eliminated by parokṣa-jñāna, kūtasthosmi, and then when I discover that limitless I am, or that limitless which is the substrate of the whole universe, that I am, iti aparokṣa-jñāna. I am not the self of this limited individuality, I am the self of all. So when I discover the self to be the self of all, then my knowledge, my conclusion so far that I don't know myself or I don't know the limitless, that also goes away. And thus, parokshignanam eliminates asattva padakam avaranam and parokshignanam eliminates the abhana padakam avaranam. This is hadi. So both parokshin and parokshina, both of them have their use. In fact, even an intellectual understanding also to understand that Jagat is Mithya, even to understand intellectually that everything in the creation is Mithya, Mithya meaning inexplicable, not real, that itself is a great relief. To know that my problem is not real, you know, which is nice to know, that my problem or the problem of suffering is not real. Even then suffering continues, you know, this is the thing. That after I am exposed to the teaching and I realize that the world is Mithya, Meaning, the duality is mithya or unreal. The division between myself and the world is unreal. And therefore that fear which I have and the sense of isolation and limitation that I experience is also unreal. When I see this fact, even intellectually, then also there is a great relief on my part. They're all right. Thank God that there is no cause for the grief. Ashochyan, anvashochastvam. That's the first thing the Lord Krishna told Arjuna. Hey Arjuna, you are grieving for no reason at all, because there is nothing to be grieved for. You will understand that, that alright, there is no need for grief, that the grief, there is no real cause for the grief. And the grief and suffering arises only because of ignorance, and because of the misconception that the ignorance causes. Then there is a tremendous relief. Even all kinds of grief, even the grief arising from all kinds of childhood experiences, etc., which is really such a, which, which causes so much suffering. Even there also, the one who suffered is not I. The one that suffered was the body, or that mind, or that individual, individuality, personality. I am not the personality, I am the person. And once I learn to disassociate myself, the person, from the personality, then whatever happened to the personality, or whatever happens to the personality, doesn't happen to the person. And that's the only way to become free from the suffering of the personality. There is no other way. Regardless of what kind of methods we employ, it will never happen that the personality becomes free from grief of one kind or the other. It is true that these certain methods will help us to, to, to uh, settle account of the past and to be able to deal with it. That's required. But that will only 
create the ground for different kinds of suffering. All right, that I am free from that kind of stuff now, and something else bothers me. So as long as I take myself to be the personality, so long there is no way that I can become free from grief. Maybe the intensity of grief would be different, or the kind of grief would be different, but grief would remain. And when I understand that all the problems belong to personality and not to person, all the problems belong to the role and not to the actor, as long as the actor is identified with the role, so long the problems of the role belong to the actor. Then I discover, even I have an inkling, an insight that I am an actor, not the role, these are all the roles. Then the father, mother, teacher, student, everything is a role. And every role is going to have problem. There is no role in the world which is without some kind of problems. As Swami is very fond of saying, that there is no drama or there is no movie without plots. Otherwise, what's the fun in the movie or the drama? So suppose there is an ideal, there is a man, you know, who is beautiful, who is handsome and who is young and... and who always was a gold medalist in the university education. He's the very best education, he's the very best job. He has the best house, best reputation, everything. And his wife also, equally beautiful and also highly educated and in every way the very best. No problem at all. And they have a son who is also beautiful, handsome. And also goes to school. And also all gold medalists in, in athletic events, also everywhere he is number one. He also PhD, he also has a very best job, the best reputation. Then his wife, I like this if you keep on describing, you know. How long will you be able to listen to this stuff? <laughs> or suppose there's a movie which shows this kind of thing. How long will you watch? <laughs> you get bored, you know. You want something to happen. You want some plots, you want some drama. Otherwise there's no spice in the life, you know. Even happiness also becomes very bland, you know, or unexciting. And so... Wherever there is a role, there is going to be a plot. Wherever there is plot, there will be something. You, if you want to see the plot, you must see Indian movies. You must watch Indian movies if you want to see the plot. I can tell you without watching a movie, that certain minimum elements will be there in every movie. Without watching any movie, you can say. Some fight will be there, some fellow will fall down, some fellow will run away. You know, and some of these things you can always imagine, will take place. There'll be one person with two contenders and so on and so Some of these things are very common. And if this is not there, then there is no fun in watching the movie. And so wherever role is, there, is going, there are going to be plots. And similarly also, there is a role to be performed here, that I happen to be a teacher or a father or a mother or whatever, or so many things. And each one of the roles is going to have problem. There is no role. Even when Lord takes incarnation in Lord Rama, every moment there was a problem. Because every moment you decide, as a son, there are problems. As husband, there are problems. As brother, there are problems. As friend, there are problems. As enemy, there are problems. As king, there are problems. You have to see this Ramayana. To see how even the Lord is not free from any problems at all. Because every role is there also. He became, he was a king of Ayodhya. And uh, his wife, the consort, Sita, so uh, people started accusing her that uh, she lived, you know, in the, uh, in the palace or in the, in the city. She was in fact kidnapped by Ravana, by the demon. And then held in prison for ten months. And therefore, uh, people started suspecting, you know, her, uh, her, her ch- chastity. And that's all. People have something to talk about. 
And therefore, even Sita also became unacceptable to the public. And ultimately, Rama had to, you know, abandon her, whatever. What I'm saying is, even as a husband, he had problem. As king also had problem. But there is no role in the world where the problem is not. No role. There is no one who is born as yet without problems. And therefore, as long as the role is, so long the problem is. When the personality is, the situations are, the roles are, there are always some code of conduct and there are always going to be problems. Choices to be made, decisions to be made. So no one can ever expect to become free from problems. As long as one is identified with the role or the personality. One has to learn to discriminate between the role and the one who plays the role. Only when that discrimination is, shall we be able to become free from problem. Right? At least enables me to see this fact. That problems belong to the role. Problems belong to the situations and not to me. It's up to me to superimpose a role upon the I and superimpose the problems or role upon I. But if I don't do that, I ever remain the I ever remain free. So this itself gives me a great relief. Thank God, I have no problem. Next moment I may find myself grieving again and all this knowledge wisdom may go away. What happens is some impulse or emotion may take over me and this wisdom may be shifted in the background, relegated in the background. I may, again I may recover. No, no. This is a problem that belongs to the personality, to the, to the role, not to me. And thus, even the parokshadhyanam or that indirect knowledge, the immediate knowledge, also is, gives us a great relief in the life. And ultimately, the grief is totally eliminated when that knowledge becomes aparoksham. So, parokshadhyanam also is very important. To know that world is mithya, Problems are mithya, everything is mithya, not real, it's nice to know. At least when, the moment I see this fact, I'm happy. Why do we feel so happy in the class anyway? Because we see this mithyatvam of the problem, we see the mithyatvam of the samsara. And every time we see, some notion is clarified, cleared up, and I experience that freedom. So freedom is something that grows, you know. Because I am nothing, this ego is nothing but a bunch of notions. As the notions drop off in light of understanding, I become more and more free. Ultimately, when all the notions drop off, then I become totally free. And therefore, the freedom is process of growth. We keep on gaining freedom as we go along. And ultimately, the last stroke will be, when I really come to know my true nature, then there is no residue at all. <coughs> And this is what is said here about the result of this knowledge. Idanim jnanasya phalarupa avasthadvaya prasama avastham aha. This aparoksha jnana or immediate knowledge, as we said, has two effects. One is elimination of all the grief, and second is the giving rise of total contentment. And these two effects are being discussed in the next two verses. Verse 46 shows how there is a total elimination of grief, says here, Abhana varane nashte Abhana varane nashte Jeevatvaropasankshaya Jeevatvaropasankshaya 
कर्तृत्वाद्यखिलोक कर्तृत्वाद्यखिलोक संसाराख्यो निवर्तते संसाराख्यो निवर्तते अभान आवरणे नष्टे अभान आवरणे नष्टे अभान मीनिंग दट आई डो नॉट नो ब्रह्मन आई डो नॉट नो माई सेल्फ वेन दैट अभानम दैट लैक ऑफ नॉलेज नष्टे वेन दैट लैक ऑफ नॉलेज इज डिस्ट्रॉयड इन द वेक ऑफ नॉलेज भ्रांत प्रतीमान से जीवत्व निवृत्तवाद वेन आई नो माई ट्रू नेचर एज फ्री एज कंप्लीट ever free then all the notions i so far entertain about myself that i am bound i am a doer i am an enjoyer all of those notions go away all those notions which arose on account of identification with the role on account of identification with the personality all the changes all the ignorance all the limitation all the mortality everything is in personality on account of identifying with the personality I took myself to be mortal, to be ignorant, to be limited. And when I see the true nature of myself as free, as limitless, then all the notions that were born on account of identification with the personality, all those notions drop off. Bhrantya pratiyamanasya jivatvasya bhi nivrutatvat. The jivatvam meaning the sense of limitation which appeared or which I which appeared on account of bhranti or projection. तन्निमित्त कर्तृत्वाय लक्षण संसाराख्य शोक सर्वोपि निवर्तर्थ एंड देन ऑल द शोक ऑल द ग्रीफ दैट अरोज ऑन अकाउंट ऑफ टेकिंग माई सेल्फ टू बी अलिमिटेड बीइंग दैट इज अट्रीमेंट यू सी इवन फॉर द पीपल हुर हैप्पी इवन दो बाय नॉर्मल स्टैंडर्ड पर्सन कैन बी कॉल्ड हैप्पी दैट द पर्सन इज एवरीथिंग गोइंग फॉर हिम और हर वॉट एवर वन कैन आस्क फॉर family life is also fine house also is beautiful job also whatever everything is nice and so by all accepted standard the person is happy even then as long as that person is ignorant so long there is going to be silent suffering that sense of inadequacy will always remain and you will always find yourself some some discomfort at the back of the back of the mind will always remain even though every material available thing is with us and that discomfort or that silent grief will only go when i discover the true nature of myself so tannimittakah jeevatvanmittakah kartrutvaadi kartrutva bhoktrutva mantrutva all of this i am a doer i am an enjoyer i am a thinker i mean i am a seer i am experiencer i am a cook whatever i am all of these samsara samsara akya shokah All that grief, which is which goes by the name samsara, sarvopani vartate. All that grief, all that suffering goes away in the wake of the knowledge of my true self, which is ever free, ever unconnected, ever changeless, ever uncontaminated. <coughs> Not only that, evam shoka bhagamarupam avastham pradarshya. In this manner, having demonstrated the sabastha of the nature of. शोकापगम मीनिंग ऑफ एलिमिनेशन ऑफ ग्रीफ निरंकुश तृप्ति लक्षण द्वितीय दर्शयदी नेक्स्ट वर्ष दर शोज द सेकंड स्टेज ऑफ द नेचर ऑफ निरंकुश तृप्ति और अथेनमेंट ऑफ बाउंडलेस 
बाउंडलेस कंटेंटमेंट और बाउंडलेस जॉय दैट इज कॉल्ड निरंकुश तृप्ति दैट इज द सेकेंड स्टेज दैट इज बींग शो इन वर्ष फोर्टी सेवन निवृत्ते सर्वसंसारे निवृत्ते सर्वसंसारे नित्यमुक्तत्वभासनाद नित्यमुक्तत्वभासनाद निरंकुशा भवे तृप्ति निरंकुशा भवे तृप्ति पुनशोका समुद्भवाद पुनशोका समुद्भवाद निवृत्ति सर्वसंसारे When samsara, meaning all the suffering, all this life of limitation, nivrutte, when it is completely resolved, completely eliminated. Nitya muktattva bhasana, then when I discover myself as nitya mukta, ever free. Nirankusha bhave triptihi, then triptihi, the total contentment is nirankusha, free from any, any limitation or free from any condi- uncondition, unconditional satisfaction I gain. We discussed that two days ago, how the satisfaction we gain from worldly experience is always conditional. I get satisfaction from something, if that something satisfies my likes and dislikes. And if at that time I am in a mood to enjoy that thing, then a limited satisfaction can be obtained from some experience. But that depends upon the object being conducive that also requires my mind to be in mood it requires the presence of so many conditions and moment those conditions are disturbed that happiness also get disturbed and so the happiness or satisfaction that we gain from our day to day experience is what we call conditional happiness wise man on the other hand on account of knowing the self is ever free gains what we call unconditional happiness why is he happy is he happy because of a certain condition that today's sun is shining therefore he is happy or the temperature is 70 degrees comfortable therefore is he happy or that he had a square meal therefore is he happy no there is no reason there is no reason that can be assigned to his happiness whether things are or are not whether conducive or not conducive agreeable or disagreeable in any situation that person remains happy dukheshu anudvignamanah sukheshu vigatasprahah vitaragabhayakrodah स्थितधीर मुनि उच्चदे हैविंग फ्री फ्रॉम राग भय एंड क्रोध है राग देर इज नो नीड फॉर एनी अटैचमेंट देर इज नो अटैचमेंट एंड नो एवर्जन नो फियर एंड नो एंगर नो फ्रस्ट्रेशन दाइट एंड पर्सन बिकॉज फ्री फ्रॉम फ्रस्ट्रेटर गेट्स फ्रस्ट्रेटेड नेवर गेट्स डिसअपॉइंटेड बिकॉज देर इज नो एक्सपेक्टेशन नो राग नो एक्सपेक्टेशन फ्रॉम एनीथिंग एवरीथिंग इज परफेक्ट एज इट इज I am perfect as I am, and the world is perfect as it is, and therefore no requirement or expectation of any kind. This is what the wisdom does. Wisdom enables me to perceive that beauty and perfection everywhere. Whether the world looks at it that way or not, I can see that. And when I see perfection everywhere, when I see beauty everywhere, there is no reason to desire a thing to be different from what it is. In which case, there is no expectation at all. Since there is no expectation for the thing to be different from what it is, he is happy with whatever way the thing is, whatever way he is, and whatever way the world is. And there is no fear. There is a fear in my mind that thing may not be what I want it to be, or it may be what I don't want it to be. But when there is no want in me, and when I am happy with the way things are, there is no fear. 
no krodha or frustration, he is never frustrated, never disappointed. So enlightenment makes a person free from any expectation, any fear, any disappointments. And therefore ever free, ever happy, unconditionally happy. Nirankusha bhavetruptihi punashoka asamudbhava Because grief cannot arise. When will there be grief? When there is expectation. Because expectation may not be met with. When there is fear or when there is disappointment or frustration, then alone shoka or grief can be. Inasmuch as a wise person is free from all the causes, all the things that can cause grief, therefore grief cannot arise with this perception, with this vision. And therefore narankusha bhavet trupti. His trupti or contentment becomes narankusha, becomes as you said, unconditioned, boundless. <coughs> That's the result of the, the aparoksha jnanam, immediate knowledge. Om Puranamadaf Puranamidam Puranat Puranamudachyade Puranasya Puranamadaya Puranameva Vashishyade Om Shanti 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 Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Badarayanam Sutra Bhashya Krutau Vande Bhagavantau Punaf Punah Ishvaro Guru Ratmedi Murti Bheda Vibhagine Vyoma Vadvyapta Dehaya Dakshina Murtaye Namaha Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Shri Guru Bhyo Namah Hari Om